In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey everyone, you're listening to the 6D Helmets Kickstart Podcast, and uh, this is Don, Anton, and Chase following the East Coast kickoff in Tampa, Florida at Raymond James Studio Stadium. And uh, yeah, so Anton and I were there in person. I had a hellacious flight schedule. Never book on Expedia.com because you get these <laughs> budget-ass economy tickets that you can't take a carry-on and et cetera, et cetera. So big shout-out to my uh, <laughs> my uh, my homie, Tevin Tapia, who carried on my carry-on for me to try oh, to cheat respect. the system. Yeah, how about that, huh? <laughs> Even though... I, I like- even though I photoshopped this photo I was gonna to say. say fat house instead of fast house, <laughs> he still hooked me up. <laughs> you know, I like I like this like everybody helping everybody atmosphere right now. Like we all help out the privateers. We're privateer media. Everybody's yeah, helping true. each other that's out. True. This is great. We are nice. privateer media, aren't we? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, Anton, it was a good time in Florida. I had a really enjoyable weekend, uh, even though it was humid. And uh, most of the time, I had bat wings and swamp ass. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a nice release to get away from the like five degree weather that's here. I mm-hmm. like the humidity. I would have worn full long sleeves just to sweat out the toxins all weekend if I could have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if anyone watched the Life on Two Wheels vlog, oh, no. you'll see the uh, the first the last clip of the video. Uh, you know, it was Anton and I walking the mean streets of uh, Tampa. And uh, so I guess it was so hot and humid, Anton broke down and went to the store and bought some uh, athletic shorts, right? I did. Yeah. The only thing uh, in Florida that's wider than my legs is like Rick Ross cocaine. But I had to, <laughs> I had to get shorts because it was going to be a hot day on Friday. And I didn't want to like ruin my only pair of jeans for that flight home and all that other stuff. you got to yeah. keep it in rotation. Yeah, so when we were uh, working the press day riding sessions... Um, you know, they had the, they weren't using the whoops and they were not using the sand section, right? So Anton, when you walked out into the sand section, you actually look like, no legs, you know, a half, a half body floating because <laughs> your, your legs are the same color as the white Florida sand. <laughs> oh, you, uh, it, it sounds like Anton disconnected for a sec. Oh no. No, I can't hear you. Oh, there you go. No. Still can't hear you. Okay, so I got to remember that. 240. Something just clicked like your uh, microphone just glitched, Anton. There it goes. Okay. What was it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't touch anything. Okay. Well, don't move and don't laugh. <laughs> I'm not going to do shit. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, man, Florida or Tampa more specifically... It was a weekend full of returns yeah. to racing, right? So we had Josh Hill return to racing. We had Brock Dickel return to racing. We had James Stewart return to the scene. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Jeremy Martin. We had Jeremy Martin's return. And then we had, like, uh, Joshi Moda's debut. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things to uh, see for the first time in quite a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, a good place to have it, too. You know, not too gnarly of a track, not too crazy, but just enough that things got interesting, everybody eases into it, and it's just another nice continuation on the series. Right. No. So, so, you guys, what were you guys the most excited to see in Tampa? Okay, I got to say, it was exciting for me to see, well, we have three guys on 250s that have completely new programs and teams, mm. and all of them seem to be pretty excited about that. Yeah. So, yeah, I was really, really excited to see how those dudes did. Uh, and then Josh Hill, for, for sure, for me. Yeah. What about <laughs> you, Tuan? I would say the same thing on the Josh Hill thing. Um, I think a lot of people know that, like, me and the Hill brothers are pretty cool. Like, I've been around those guys so much, and Josh is a good friend, and Justin's rad. To see Josh come back and really invest in, in making another run at racing and enjoying just being a dirt bike rider as much as he has – this last year has been awesome. So I was excited to see how he is on a 250. And then for Justin, like he keeps saying, I'm building up and building up. And we saw that it's obvious. And then he mm -hmm. puts in a top five finish mm -hmm. after a terrible day in qualifying. Like he yeah. really pulled it together when it was, when it was time to. And that shows that the kid can make things happen when, when his back's against the wall. I didn't notice. Did he do his whole, uh, MMA warm up? Yeah. He did. Oh, they did it together. Yeah. A little bit <laughs> okay, of I saw him pushing shoving. each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was cool. I, I I like seeing that stuff. I like and the East Coast thing. Two fifty West Coast has been great, uh, but pretty quickly on we saw that there's an elite level of guys. Right. So I was eager to see the two fifty East Coast come on because there are so many dudes that are title contenders, and when you get maybe from fifth or sixth place back, there's all these guys that you've heard about your whole life and their whole career on these independent teams that can really make things interesting for, you know, a top five finish, right. top seven finish, top 10. Mm -hmm. And that stuff's cool. That's what makes, I'm always partial to the 250 East coast for that reason. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you know what I was looking forward to the most Brock tickle. That's right. I, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm stoked to see that he got a factory ride, but I kind of wish that it didn't pop up until he got like one or two races under his belt on the, uh, AEO Power Sports Husqvarna. I agree. Because, mm -hmm. man, he looked fantastic on that bike. And, uh, you know, between Jamie Ellis building the engines and the uh, AEO Power Sports guys handling the suspension, he was dialed on that bike. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, quite candidly, he told me that he liked his, uh, his AEO bike better than he ever liked his factory uh, KTM. So right. it would have been awesome to see uh, to see him race that. But, uh, but you know what? Hey, a guy's got to go where he can make a living. And, uh, you know, just as I was kind of joking with him, like early on he was building his bike and his program and everything. And he was talking about buying a Sprinter van before he worked out that deal with Chiz. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> and yeah, I was like, dude, why are you even stressing on vehicles and all this? Because you're going to get a ride before the season starts yeah. or before you're legal. Right. So, I mean, that's exactly what happened. But, uh, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen him race his uh, his Husky at least once. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been a cool thing for him just to, you know, kind of show it for the sponsors that have been around him for so long. Because so many of those people stepped up right away. And I'm sure, and, and he's explained that to you, Don, like, 
putting that on pause to go after this factory deal, it's hard and it, it's it's kind of a difficult thing, but it's something he had to do. Otherwise, it's it's too hard for a guy to run the full series as an independent dude. Yeah. Right. But how well did he do for having, what, two, three weeks on that bike? Yeah. Right? 12th. You know, I, honestly, he looked a little tentative to me. Okay. Um, But, man, when he – Bam, fourth place right out of the heat. I was pumped for the guy, you know, um, to just put it right back in there and be about where, in a heat race at least, where he's been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he got a really bad start in the main. And, uh, Anton, you got fire trucks going on over there, huh? <laughs> Is that yeah, tornado warning? No, we live down the street from the fire department. And rather than, like, this is how small our town is. Wow. It's a volunteer fire department. So. Oh. See, Anytime something like this happens, they just can't wait to like rally the troops and get them all in. <laughs> just all come running out of their houses. So they got I mean, like it's... on Monday nights. They got like the bring your kid to work to press the siren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like I'm sure that if I walk the dog in the afternoon, that I could go down and push the button if I wanted <laughs> to, to get the siren going. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, I'm picturing like a off. wheel that you crank. It goes off every single day at noon just to let all the farmers know, hey, it's noon. It's lunchtime. <laughs> it's the lunch break. <laughs> yep. <laughs> eat your eat your sack lunch now. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, hey, I think the cool thing with Tickle's program is that, A, uh, J-Bone and JGR and even Answer allowed Tickle to come on the team and maintain his relationship that he just built with FXR because mm-hmm. – uh, don't quote me specifically to be totally accurate, but I believe he got a twenty five percent pay increase from FXR for being on a private for being on a factory back team. Wow, so, good for him, yeah. That's good for him, especially because that answer deal is a team wide deal. Like Joey was the only guy that was gonna get around that, and that's because he had a pre existing contract, which was right. one. Yeah. So uh so yeah, so I mean Tickle finishing I think twelfth, I believe. Yep. Uh Fell too short of his goal. He was hoping to break into the top 10. But uh, I know that <clears throat> limited time on the bike. And I think uh, and I think that uh, what he struggled with was suspension. Because, you know, Johnny Oler, the longtime JGR tuner, uh, he left to go start his own company, Art of War. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think from what Tickle told me, the, the guy doing the suspension at JGR is kind of a new dude. Um but he actually did text me today, and he said that uh, they made some good setting progress. Um, and he's he says that will be a big help next week. Ooh. I think the other thing, too, good that Brock came in at a standard, you know, 20-minute plus one lap main event and not the hectic format of the Triple Crown that we'll see this right. weekend in Texas because it really lets you see, hey, he gets to ease into a full routine. It's not just like bang, 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 ten races or three races right away with – no time to really get into a flow. That was a good indication of what he can build off of instead mm-hmm. of getting caught up in the chaos of, of a triple crown. Yeah. At the same time, though, uh, yeah. well, the triple crown's three shorter races. I mean, although Tick, Tick's, Tick's weak point good. has never been fitness. Yeah, so. that, Yeah, I don't think – I think Brock, like, uncorking that instantaneous speed is a bigger ask of him than being consistent for 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. You know? If anything, I bet he's he's more fit right now than he was last time we saw him on the gate. Yeah. Probably um, more fit and more in tune with what actually works in, for him instead of just following a program that right. is assigned to him. Yeah, and 100% healthy mm-hmm. as far as, like, no injuries. I, I mean, dude, 
Think about like how long he was off, and he had not one injury that whole time, even though you know he what? kept riding and doing everything. That's crazy to think about, too, because for a while, he was riding the same bike. Like, I wonder how many hours he put on that. that oh, he had one. two bikes. He the did, the okay. first bike, <laughs> he completely clapped out, and then they gave him a second bike, and I think he... I think he said he put 20-something hours in that bike before he got on the Huskies. Okay. I was going to say, because I remember seeing him, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday doing yeah. photos. <laughs> yeah, totally. The funniest thing about Tickle uh, on his own program was watching him wrench on his own bike, you know? <laughs> like, because he, uh, he was his own mechanic, basically. And uh-huh. uh, So watching him be super meticulous at the track was kind of impressive. He'd bust out the, uh, the torque wrench, mm-hmm. and he'd torque everything down but like i think two different days in a row i was with him at the track he lost his left side top uh top frame side motor mount <laughs> on the husky <laughs> they just seemed to fall out he said no matter what he did to them they would fall out yeah i but. think i lost one on the 250 actually this last year yeah there's something about that <laughs> mount i don't know it's the, it's the phantom mount <laughs> yeah but yeah hey you know and the other big thing for brock that probably helps um, he's really taken a lot of time this last year to test. Like he helped the TLD KTM guys out trying right. to get a setup for, for the 250F thing because so many of their young guys were kind of chasing a setup thing. Mm-hmm. So for Brock to really figure out what works, he's going to be able to take that knowledge and use it forever. This is a big, I mean, it's a terrible situation. It sucks for him to have, you know, that failed test and so much time missed, but all the stuff he learned over the last year, year and a half, two years, that's something he's going to be able to apply for the rest of his career now in right. fitness and in testing. Yeah, well, from what I understand, Brock's always been a super uh, sensitive testing guy. So, um, obviously, that helped out TLD KTM. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully it helps out this new guy, JGR. Yeah. Having, yeah. A, good, having <laughs> a good guy testing is uh, going to help that guy become better at setup. Mm-hmm. The, I, and, like... Don, being around you and, you know, you being Ross's brother and, and just a little bit of information you've told me, like, I'm not the most technically savvy guy. Like, I'm no Michael Lindsay by any means when it comes to, like, knowing what this stuff is or, or you or anything. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but, like, it's it. I think it, it gets downplayed how important even those little changes are because all those dudes on a Saturday are finding that one, like, hey, a click here or a click there can make a big difference. And, mm-hmm. and it's, I think that that's something that maybe gets lost on the common fan. Yeah. Okay, so hey, let's dive into uh, into the racing here. You want to start with 250s first? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So before we show up at Tampa, you know, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time at the uh, track with the Star Guys, and uh, you know, now that now that my Swap Moto Race Series rival is uh, Shane Malcaras' father-in-law, it seems like there's a lot of uh, bench racing going on between the three of us, but you know from the first day i saw shane on the on the star racing 250 it was like damn he looks really good on it and Uh he said to me all along off season is like i've never felt as good on a motorcycle as i do on this bike and uh i asked him i go hey the first time you rode it did you get on it and go like damn it i had to race against guys on these bikes (laughs) this whole time and he started cracking up and he said yeah and you know he, he mentioned that he he always knew when he was racing before when there was a star guy behind him because of the sound of the thing. Yeah. And he said that when he uh, when he first got on the star bike, he couldn't like stand how loud it was. You know, with the the, the airbox between your legs. Yeah. yeah. So he uh, <laughs> he said he was riding with earplugs at first, and now he's he's grown used to it now. But 
But yeah, he sure sure looks fantastic on that on that bike. I think. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty obvious how good he was. Like, dude, from the very first lap of press day practice on Friday, like he was charging. He didn't take any time to like ease in and let's feel how this goes right off the bat. Him, R.J. Hampshire, were going at it and staying pretty close to each other on the track. And that was cool. That shows that these guys are, are eager to get it going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the big thing for Shane, like, I mean, he wasted no time on Saturday getting to the top of the board. Was fastest guy in qualifying in the second session was the fastest lap time for the 250 class. No, he was, he was fastest through the first one, through the second one, and right towards the end of the thir- third one, J-Mart uncorked one. Yeah. J-Mart yeah. went wide through the sand, you know, inside at first and wider on the outside, and he got him. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we don't. I don't see all that shit on the floor sometimes. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> so I was up. I was up in the stands, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, the Moto Concepts guys asked me if I'd videotape the last session. So I was up there watching, and I saw J March's name go to the top, and I like saw Shane look at the board, and so I was watching him on his like last lap, and he put in a heater, and he still didn't overtake uh. him. So um, I kind of asked him like if that played any kind of mental thing mm-hmm. and he said nah qualifying's qualifying yeah, yeah but man he uh anton did you see that in both the heat and the main he started on the outside of the doghouse mm-hmm. yeah and he ripped basically the outside to inside of the first turn and pretty much whole shot both mm-hmm. and those bikes are so good i mean there's a very instant like response they are able to put like a half a bike length on guys right out of the gate and then mm-hmm. he can start controlling the line set it up into the first turn how he wants yeah yeah i think there's not much to say about shane except he was fantastic all day made no mistakes mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. uh you know who surprised me in the 250s was march banks um yeah he looked a lot stronger than i remember him being and uh i talked to him about that too and he said he credits uh working with ivan tedesco quite a bit for that Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks a lot more uh, mature on the bike than I thought he would. Like, n- no small mis- Like, I didn't see any small mistakes from him. Yeah. So, yeah, props to him. But, uh, okay, so so Chase and J-Mart, you know, battling over second. Uh, uh, I don't know if you saw in the kickstart yet, Anton, but I loaded a picture of Sexton actually passing J-Mart mm. when, he, when he passed him. And, dude, they were so close. But they're... <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's no contact. You just no, I don't think so. Kind of went went inside and pushed him a little wide, but that was pretty sick. That was a cool pass. And uh, Chase, I thought rode really well. I was very very pleased to see how fast Jeremy was in his yeah. first 250 Supercross in two years, right? Because I mean, he came to the Monster Cup on that 450 and was only on a bike for a couple of weeks or something, I think. And, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two weeks or something. But yeah, I, I was really. Uh, I was really pleased to see Jeremy do that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think for both of them, that was a huge deal because for Jeremy, this is, you can tell, like, Don, we've watched him ride enough. He He's kind of lost that sketchiness to him in Supercross. Like, he has a checkered pass when it comes to Supercross results, and he's crashed out of quite a few. But it seems like he's eliminated a lot of those mistakes and, and really is very exact in his motions like most riders are when they come back from a big injury Mm -hmm. and so that was big and then for sexton like yeah he's the defending champion but he only has one main event win in his record Mm -hmm. so like you could tell that he's now trying to get to that hey i need to be at the front i need to go for wins this is my last year to really stack some up before i have to go up to the 450 yeah Mm -hmm. so uh jmart he looked a lot more in control but the guy still has 
<laughs> a wacky writing style, I think. I mean, <laughs> my, I, Jeremy, if you're listening, I'm not bagging on you, but I mean, he moves around on the bike differently than other guys. Yeah, like the bar humps. Mm-hmm. I love. Yeah, the he bar does humps. the bar humps over the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that he looks kind of like Bilko. <laughs> you know, when Bilko yeah. does the bar humps. Yeah, yeah. But like he'll do that to get the nose down. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of leaning forward with his upper body over the bars. To get the front end down, he thrusts his hip forwards, right? <laughs> I, uh, hey, it works for him, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think the other thing, too, because, like, we watch, I watched him in Paris, Don, you and I watched him in Monster Cup. Like, all that stuff is goofy, but he's so little. Like, that's when yeah. you really see how small he is on a bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, his, like, his hips are just in the triple clamps the whole time. Yeah, he's just working that thing. <laughs> it, don't, it might just, like, boost his testosterone every time he... Uh, he does a little bar hump in the air. Yeah, maybe that, maybe that's how he. Uh, maybe I reeled in that like good-looking girlfriend is. She's like turned on by his bar <laughs> thrust, you know. <laughs> Technique. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. March Banks was fourth. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like we talked about, Smitty. Jordan Jordan Smith in fifth. I was a little surprised about that. He I was didn't too. look uh, didn't look as good as I was hoping he would. Okay, so I talked to him on Friday morning. And, you know, Jordan's been off the radar ever since last year's wrist injury. You know, he did that podcast with us, Don, uh, sometime in midsummer, was going under surgery, and then was off the radar all last year. It doesn't sound like this thing is really healed up the way that he expected it to be. And it sounds like this is going to be an issue that he's going to have to deal with for a very long part of his career, if not forever. Says that, like, any time he does something too physical in the offseason, it would swell up to the point that he couldn't go back and do like his normal training routine the next day. So there was no uh, mountain biking. There was no weightlifting. There was no riding because he would do it and then it would jam up his wrist and his wrist would get huge. And then the whole next day or so would be just wasted in recovery. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I think, I think this is going to be a, let's get through these first few and figure out how you manage this injury. And then once you get an idea of that, then push on midway through the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Hampshire, I thought looked great on the, uh, on the Husky. He just had a few mistakes, crash. And he got put off in the tough blocks <clears throat> right by the finish line. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he was uh, – he didn't have a lot to say afterwards, but I think uh, I think he's a, he's a podium guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean – Go ahead, Anton. Fastest, fastest lap time at the main event, too, and he did it on lap 10. So oh, after wow. the crash, and then he did it midway through the race. Mm-hmm. And that's impressive. That shows, A, he has the speed, and, B, he has the fitness now under Alden's program just to keep mm-hmm. wicking it up all the way through. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Kyle Peters, seventh, the uh, Phoenix racing Honda rider who's been doing arena cross and Crushing. trading wins with uh, his teammate Jace Owen. Uh, he was uh, – not super pumped after the race. He said he's a top five guy. Um, didn't ride to his ability, he felt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who, uh, I think we were talking about him already, but, you know, Joe and Joe in 10th, I think was kind of surprising. But, you know, uh, Jimmy Dakota's in ninth. I didn't know he was so jacked up. Um, yeah. I- yeah, he told me he wadded super hard and hurt his hip real bad. And as of, like, well, because we didn't see him uh, ride the first open practice session. Did you notice that? Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he only did second. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, he he came into uh, Tampa not knowing if he was even going to be able to race. Mm-hmm. So uh, he told me he spent like every day in the uh, hyperbaric chamber trying to heal up and everything. But he said he could not squeeze the bike under acceleration, so he kept slipping back on the seat. Oof. But So for Joey, 
or uh, Jimmy to be jacked up like that and get by Joe? Come on, Joe. <laughs> Um, I think a one guy that we kind of skipped right over is Joey Crown, and that was big. Yeah. Uh, he's been good these last few years. You know, he's had like flashes of success. Won Prince of Geneva this past off season, but like, there's always been something that has prevented that kid from like showing what his worth is. Like, it was at Redbud last year, so home race for him, mm-hmm. dude. Him and his dad have the whole bike disassembled on the starting line of the parade lap because like something messed up, and then he goes out and gets like the whole shot thirty seconds later. Like, he has legit talent he just has to uh put it together for one good race and i think a lot of people would be impressed by him mm-hmm. yeah fxr kid right mm-hmm. uh club mx yeah so is he on the club mx team uh alongside enzo uh yeah enzo and hill okay well hill is hill hill is like pretty uh pretty insistent that he's supported by them he's not on the team he's not okay okay that makes sense so yeah um and that's been a pretty good deal. Like that club MX crew, there's a lot of guys that train down there and that's, you know, that team has been in and out with different formations over the last few years, had the traders deal. So for those guys to be back and helping guys like crown and lopes, like two dudes that are young and have a lot of potential, but just haven't had a lot of time on high level teams. It's good to see them put in some results like they did this week. Yeah. So, so then we got uh Jason 11th and then Joshua in 12th. So, did you see before the start of the main event, Josh's bike dying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I called him about that today. I was like, dude, what what was going on? He goes, I don't know. The thing, like, stalled twice. And he goes, it hmm. stalled on the parade lap. I'm all, dude, how bad does that mess with your head when you take off? Yeah, I see, I noticed that. So I was standing right next to the starting line when that happened, and he was going to be the first guy to go out when they dropped the gate for the parade lap. Yeah. And you just heard, wah, and he dumped the clutch, and the bike, like, hopped over the threshold of the gate and then died. And then huh. he, like, real quickly pulled it back and restarted it and, like, got it back going. But then even then you're like, okay, that's not good. That's not a good sign yeah, before but, this yeah. thing goes on. How do you even – how do you even <laughs> – Jump, put jumps. that out of mind. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. He, I, I asked him that, and he goes, uh, I, "I just turned the idle way up." <laughs> oh my god, dude! <laughs> but then he said, yeah. uh, "I think I forgot who he said." But he said somebody hit him off the start, so he got a terrible start. So he mm. came back to twelfth. He's not happy with that at all. But uh, he said it was good to be out there racing. Uh, somebody, I told somebody, you know, I see Josh being a top seven guy in the two fifty yeah. class at some point this year. That's not, and they called me crazy. I don't think that that's unheard of. No, I mean, it's a former know. 450. He's a former 450 main event winning guy. He's in great shape. He arguably one of the most naturally talented guys in that finishing order. And the 250 class is crazy. Like he can outlast all those kids when they all these young guys kind of implode. He could get there in the top five, top seven, should everything go right. Yeah, I think it's guys like him that make this East Coast so exciting. Because mm-hmm. if Josh gets a start, like who knows what can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty pumped to see him too because he said he weighs 165 right now. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you know, that's still a little heavy compared to like, I'm sure Shimoda weighs 140 or something, you know, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like 10 pounds of that's his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. But like, Chase, when we went to, uh, you know, Beaumont with him for him to jump his uh, right. 80 horsepower snow cross bike. Yeah. He said he weighed 190. He said yeah. 196. He's very specific. Yeah, the like, weight. Oh, bro, come on, 200. The weight to power ratio right now is a lot better than with the 80 <laughs> horsepower. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, all in all, man, 
super cool race for uh for the 250 east coast opener i think mm-hmm. and uh i think one shoot one surprise is uh swole not making the main yeah man yeah bummed he he was taking that hard after that was over and that's hard for him too because that's home race right if you went yeah. by the husky pit like dude everybody was talking to Joel Week that day mm-hmm. yeah you, you know what's funny is like obviously like we just said we're on the floor when i shooting photos on the floor you only see certain things right you don't see everything mm-hmm. i wasn't even aware that he didn't make the main okay so when i was running around the pits for how's your weekend i bump into him in the husky pits and i go hey hey dude let's do a how was your weekend he goes uh one second let me go uh talk to someone inside real quick and i'll come back <laughs> out and he never came back out and i kind of know why he never came back out now. yeah uh that happens. That happens. I like. I didn't know that he didn't make it until because I missed the 250 LCQ. I was outside trying to get updates on Brian Moreau, which we'll mm-hmm. go into in a second. And so I walk in just as that last lap goes on, and Jalik, like checkered flag flies. Jalik pulls over. Jed, his mechanic, meets him like in the tunnel, and he just puts his head on the crossbar. And I'm like, okay, did he make it? Did he not? And I look up. Just as I look up, the results like goes from the next page. So then for like another 30 seconds, I don't know if he made it or not. And then I see the replay, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he is devastated. Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of flack. You know, he will catch his share of heat for being a factory guy, not making his, you know, first main event. But, dude, Jeremy Martin didn't make his first main event either. You know, Jeremy brought that up in the post-race press conference. He's a young kid. Uh, These things happen. And and the Husky guys, they do tend to stick by people for a while. I think that between – scuba and all the guys that are around him jet his mechanic bobby at the team like they'll make sure that he comes into dallas with all those issues and like a better idea hey this is what you need to do we've learned from our mistakes this is what will go mm-hmm. happen going forward yeah yeah so yeah. okay you touch on a little bit there uh i don't want to like cast any stones or anything but let's let's talk about brian moreau um you know i met him I met him a little bit before the KTM intro ride day. Um, mm-hmm. I went mountain biking with Marvin, and he brought Brian with him. And a uh, really nice, somewhat shy kid, mm-hmm. um, really polite. Uh, had always meant to get with him and do a, a more in-depth interview or some sort of video with him because staying at Marvin's house, obviously just a few streets away from me, but uh kind of never happened, but... Talked to him a little bit on press day, uh, or early in the day on uh, early in the day on Saturday as well. But man, <clears throat> as I said, I was up in the stands. I was in the press box actually watching practice when he uh, when he went down. I didn't see the crash. I saw kind of you know what happened shortly thereafter with uh, um, him being actually what I saw it looked like he was literally being kind of dragged off the course by the uh, the medic staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I heard later was, you know, he's had no feeling in his feet. And then I thought, wow, spinal cord injury. You're not supposed to be really Touching. dragged off yeah. the track. You know why he wasn't left on a backboard. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that you've been kind of on top of the uh, the story. Have you heard any updates today? Because everyone I've reached out to has uh, yielded no info. So... And, like, Don, to kind of piggyback off what you said, like, this thing hits home for all of us. Um, I've known Brian since, like, I've, I remember meeting him in, like, 2015 or 2016. I used to go to all those Geneva Supercrosses and stuff, and, like, he was this badass little kid on a 125 in the 250 class just ripping. 
and he was cool enough to like stick the Transworld GoPro on at one time. I mean, dude, we I didn't speak French. He his English wasn't great, but we like communicated it enough to put it on there because I knew two stroke one twenty five track supercross all that like that was going to be big. When he came here, I've been super excited. We talked a little bit uh, at the KTM intro. Talked to him a little bit on Friday too. Um, he's here alone. I think that's the one thing that we really have to to let people know like he's over here by himself you know his family he has a big family back in france marvin and matil have taken care of him he's going to need a lot of help through this uh early word is fracture at the c7 vertebrae which is very high up if you're familiar with the spine uh pretty much like right in your neck area as far as the initial damage and all that stuff uh what i've been told is right now it's there's fractures to the vertebrae and his spinal cord is swollen but they don't think that there's like serious damage there. They have to wait, though, to see what the swelling does when it goes down. Um, if anybody remembers Jesse Nelson's incident at Unadilla a few years ago, that's what we all had to wait on was what, what did the swelling do, and then how does Jesse react from that? Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll hear more in the next few days. KTM put out a statement today that just further reiterates what Brian's family said on Sunday. Um, I've talked to a lot of people over the last few days, and there's hope for some progress and and. And some things have, yeah, it wasn't handled the best way right off the top. They're going to address that. I've talked to people at Feld today. They know we have to figure out what the hell happened. Yeah. Um, now is not the time to like, I, it's a fucked up deal. Like, it's just a bad deal all the way around. Yeah. So I don't think now is the time to point fingers or blame anything. The other thing is too, like, yo, if you're somebody that's watching this, don't like bag the kid because he crashed in his first ever Supercross race. It's way more serious now than like, just some rookie dude had to get off. This is going to be like a long-term deal that we're going to have to wait for to hear about. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's hard. It's just, a, it put a whole, it put a whole shadow on the whole day for me. And honestly, to the point where you're like, I mean, I've talked about it with some people today and like broke down in tears. Cause like, this is that hard thing about moto where you're just like, yeah, this sucks. This is not, this is not fun anymore. Yeah. But you know what though? Spinal cord injuries, like, well, you know, you break your leg, the doctor goes, okay, it's six weeks, put weight on it again, you know. You know, collapse your lung, okay, all you can you can start exerting yourself after eight weeks. Like, there's no there's no timeline, there's no exact anything mm-hmm. when it comes to spinal cord injuries. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, I think we were talking about this, like, oh, yeah, well, poor, you know, poor Troy Lee KTM team, this is their second time because, you know, Jesse Nelson. But think mm-hmm. about it, it's their third because Christian mm-hmm. Craig broke his back and was paralyzed for a bit. Right. His came back, thank God, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So let's just all hope and pray that Brian is more like Christian than like Jesse and it right. comes mm-hmm. back. Now, the one thing that that is kind of encouraging or, or confusing to me is that like what I was told is that he had no feeling below his waist, right? So the mm-hmm. C7 is high up, like neck, in right? the bottom of your neck, because it goes yeah. C's, T's, L's, right? right? Like like my brother Ross, he broke an L vertebrae, okay. so that's why he's waist down. Right. Mm-hmm. So if Brian broke a C, it should be but he had down. no feeling below his waist, and he has his arms, well, maybe there's no real damage, and it's like a shock to the spinal cord. Right. And when the swelling goes down, maybe things will come back. Right, which is yeah. kind of like what Button had too back in the day. Yeah. Um, and like not to speculate or, or you know say like all that we've said is what we've heard from people, and it's all super reliable. I haven't heard anything more than 
fractured C7 and they have to wait for these next few days. But Don, to further back up your point too, if you are in this position, there is few better sponsors to have than Red Bull, especially with their connection to the Wings mm. for Life campaign yeah, right. and all of the stuff that's out there that they can help do. Uh, and mm. I think Brian being European, France is on the cutting edge when it comes to stuff like this. There have yeah. been a lot of athletes in the past that have gone to Europe for different therapies that we don't do in the United States. He has a lot of potential to make something happen, and just we really got to hope and get behind this kid that he doesn't mm-hmm. endure this by himself. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, not down a bummer note, but let's take a quick break to uh, hear from our sponsors. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey, it's Gohan, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California, and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kickstart Podcast presented by our good friends at 6D Helmets. Um, so hey, before we jump into the 450 class, how about all the cool St. Jude's bikes and gear and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff? Uh, you know, it's the theme of the event, kind of like military appreciation last week, but uh, <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. Like I, I was asking, uh, I forgot, I, was, I think I was asking Keith McCarty about it. I was like, how, how does it work out? You guys all have this like kind of artwork. And he said, I guess St. Jude's provided like Drawings a, and stuff? A, a download link. Uh-huh. And it had like all these, all this art drawn by the children at St. Jude's. Like oh, that's cool. crayon art. But uh, like, I think, uh, I think uh, so good bike Kawasaki, the SGB Maxis. Babbitt's Kawasaki team. I think I think they went the furthest with the yeah the theme. Their whole bike graphic was, uh, you know, St. Jude's drawings, and mm-hmm. they wrapped their helmets that way. But like, uh, I think the uh, JGR Suzuki's they had some stuff on their bikes, yep. and uh, the factory Yamahas had a little bit. It was the Yamahas looked a lot different because they had to have white panels for the cr- drawings to show up, and the 
the Yamahas are usually all black, black and yeah. blue. And uh, so I was talking to Keith about that, and I actually asked him, like, hey, man, you guys are so fanatical about this blue thing with your rider's gear and everything, but your bikes are black. Why aren't yeah, your bikes that is blue? interesting. And he said it was a monster-mandated thing. You know, Monster wants the bikes to be black. Oh. Uniform across, you know, because the star bikes are black as well, right? Right, and they're, I think they're European teams. Yeah. They're black. <clears throat> MotoGP is too. Right. Yeah, so the the M Claw has to be against a black ah. background. So, but, uh, yeah, what other bikes had uh, St. Jude stuff on it, Anton? Geico's. Geico, JGR, yeah. uh, Hep Suzuki. Oh, the uh, Rockstar Huskies. They, just had, they like, didn't the have logo. the drawings, but they had the logo, and, and I think red, yeah. there's some red on there that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason's jersey was just like Barsha's jersey and had the cartoons on it, and yeah, so was cool. Eli's Alpine Stars gear. Uh, FXR had that custom stuff that Tickle yeah, and Chisholm right. were in. Yeah. Um, the Geico stuff was good. Pretty much the same as what they did last year at Nashville, but that stuff looks sick. A mm-hmm. uh, couple other guys did some nice things. <laughs> It's cool to see, like you know, those guys really get behind it, and that's a big that's a big deal program for all of Feld and for the sport because the St. Jude thing, like that, they do a really good job. They have a lot of impact, and uh, you could tell that they really take care in, in the Supercross people being a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, dude, Chiz and uh, Tickle, their FXR stuff was pretty dang good, huh? Yeah, it looks sick. You know, it, it just it had all the cartoons and everything, but like from far away, it looked cool too. It looked like some cool white gear. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff. I think but, it's because it was white. Yeah. 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 Speaking of white, okay. Oh. You guys, wh- who had the sickest kit at Tampa? Malcolm, baby. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, it's Malcolm. Wow. Ma- Malcolm Seven kit was on fire. You know, it's funny. I was, I was, I was talking to Roger about that, and we were le- looking at his Malcolm's, you know, the big poster behind his bike, and I was like, dude, you need to always put Malcolm in white compression because it makes him look so buff. He looks. And yeah. he's like, wow, what do you see what he's wearing today? And, you know, that was all white, <laughs> right? But it just had that little hint of that uh, toothpaste color yeah. and coral, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty sick. And I don't know. I don't know, man. Roger took credit for that colorway. He said he saw a Nike running shoe with those colors, uh, and he clever. took inspiration from that. But uh, either way, pretty cool because, I mean, to me, that coral color is nasty when it's, like, all coral. <laughs> Put it a t- just you know, a little bit of it? Just a little bit like that. Yeah. Little hits. It was pretty good. I thought Malcolm looked pretty awesome. I always like when we go to those Florida races like Daytona or or now Tampa, when they always would race in white gear. Like yeah. I remember Daytona in the early 2000s. That was the time that Fox would un- unleash all their summer stuff, and you always saw RC in all white gear, and that was just so sick. Right. So it was cool to see white gear on the motocross track. I always yeah. liked that. Yeah. It looked really good in the sand, too. Just you know what? The, the dumbest dumbest comment i've seen on our social media Uh-oh. was like crazy how malcolm's a black guy and he's wearing all white i'm like what does that <laughs> have to do that? why are so why are some people on our social media so dumb which account was that one yeah <laughs> i think it was we you gotta be grasping it shit yeah wow well, but uh yeah i thought his you know even even though that gear completely clashed with his moto concepts Red, white, blue helmet. Yeah, it it all worked okay. I thought it's pretty sick. Uh, I think that was a new helmet. I think that was a more white based helmet. There was more white. Yeah, Corsacci. Actually, when I went to Corsacci's place to uh, pick up a helmet for Sleater for the bike test last week, he just put the finishing touches on that white helmet. Pretty cool. But uh, all right. So hey, four fifties. 
Um, you know, Adam out front. Well, Again. let's give credit. Freezy whole shot. Yeah. Whole shot that. is heat and the main. But, uh, you know, Adam gets out front by like turn two. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, he looked good. What's it going to take for Adam, the fastest guy in qualifying and the fastest dude for any one lap to uh, turn that into a winning result? Is he still having problems with his hand? He didn't say anything about this week. Hmm. He just said that he uh, he washed his front end, the whoops, and fell down and got stuck on a – stuck on his bike was on top of a tough block. Because he is so fast, those opening laps. Yeah. So fast. I don't know. He uh, he said, what did he say? He says it's frustrating to feel as good as he did uh-huh. this weekend and get, I think, seventh. Yeah. When he felt like crap at Anaheim, too, and <laughs> got, got sixth. sixth. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Man, i just waiting for him to win, though. I, I really believe he's going to win one, and he's going to win the next one right away. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, the big thing that goes with it, like he's figuring out this is how it goes. You know, I'm looking at the results for the year right now. 37 laps led. That's the third most of anybody in the 250 class. The only guys that are ahead of him are Eli and Ken, and those dudes have led hundreds of laps in their career. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Adam's like figuring it out right away is good. I think that it kind of plays into him and the same thing that happened to Malcolm. These guys have done 15-minute races forever. It's finding that extra five minutes, and Adam will admit that, that really takes a little bit more to get out of you. You know, you have to be yeah. in it for 15 minutes, not have any mistakes, not get caught up in all the stuff going on around you. But, yeah, I think, I mean, totally by the end of the year, Adam has a win to his name. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, I think the other big standout would be that Cooper Webb, like, right off the bat, right back into second place, but you can't discredit Eli Tomac's win. That was pretty dominant. Mm -hmm. That was, like, pretty much San Diego, just 2.0. You know, you got to see all the main guys up front, and everything got good. Eli got going. Cooper got into it. Mm -hmm. Ken was there. That was basically where... We everybody said well, we want to get out of San Diego in this right place and then carry that momentum into the East Coast. They did exactly that in Florida. Hey, let's talk about the uh, pass for the lead first. Oh when man, Tomac goes around the outside of that sand section, covers twice as much real estate as Adam. Dude, that was that was a man's pass. Yeah, that was oof. Did you have you rewatched the race yet on TV? Yeah, yeah. I love how guys were smart enough to take advantage of that little hard dirt berm that got built onto the side and right. were railing around that. Like, Plessinger used it a lot in his heat race, and Eli's always good in the sand. I mean, hell, we've shot – you guys shot covers of him just ripping sand dunes in oh, Colorado. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a sand guy. No, that was – I think I think that was New Mexico. Was where, it? Where we did the uh, – On the Geico bike? Kinman and I went, yeah, did that, mm-hmm. yeah, so – Dude, that sand was strange, though, man. It was like powdered sugar. It was beach sand, right? I, I don't know what it was. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, like, I, so soft and fluffy. Mm-hmm. And it got into everything. Like, even as guys would go down that next lane of track, you could see them hit jumps and it would fly away. <laughs> yeah, did you <laughs> notice they, the last landing before the turn of the next lane? There was all that sand, sand there from it shaking off on yeah. the land. <laughs> yeah, it made for cool photos because, like, I would when they would shoot that, uh, when they would go over that tabletop, I would shoot. You would just see all the spray off the back of them. Yeah. That's right. So that stuff was cool. Um, but they did a pretty good job. Like once they figured out the split lane thing wasn't going to work, and everybody was just going to kind of be a disaster in practice, they just dozed that turn and made it one deal, uh-huh. and just kind of tinkered with it all day. It sands a pretty hard obstacle, like. Clearly, it works best in just a straight line. Like, adding turns and stuff into it gets really, really mm-hmm. tricky and makes it too unpredictable. 
But it was I like that element. I hope they keep it at Tampa for every year. Yeah, yeah. You know, we should have. Well, I don't know if you did, but it would have been kind of interesting to uh, corner uh, John Knowles and ask him if he did anything special or specific for the sand with goggle prep. Ooh. You know, because I dude that. You know, some of the pictures I shot, you can't even see the guy in the corner because yeah, yeah, just getting blasted everywhere. I know uh, Jordan Troxel told me that he's got sand in all of his wiring harness connections, uh-huh. and he's blasting them out with air right now. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think a lot of petroleum jelly on that foam, <laughs> <laughs> dude. A lot of sand, sand blasted butt cracks. I bet too. Yeah, sand gets everywhere. So okay, so Eli wins. Cooper super solid in second. Kenny third, including a crash. Yeah. But he says he was happy with the way he rode after the crash. But, yeah, he looked good. But, um, you know, I was like, man, is is Malcolm going to get on I the podium? Because he was third for so long. Uh, uh, for over half the race, Malcolm was third. And then he, he straight out said he got tired. Gassed, and after so. his heat, he, like, caught up to the rear wheel of Tomac. Like, yeah. that last lap, If I f- feel like if he had two more laps, he would have caught him. Yeah. So. I don't know, but it's like. You know, for as much progress if we all, uh, as we've all seen with Malcolm and his fitness, like the amount he trains, how serious he is about his diet, mm-hmm. um, how hard Swanee works him, I, I, I want to think that it was just running up front for the first time this year that maybe made him ride a little tight, maybe, or, yeah. or took a little bit more of a toll on him. And Big Brother was there. Yeah, but dude, the guy's got to be in shape. Yeah. Yeah, I totally think the same thing. Like, I mean, hell, he was up front for the majority of the race, and that's a big deal if you've never done it before, and he's never really done it for an extended period of time like that. Changes the whole dynamic of the race. Like, he has maxed out that whole moto. Mm-hmm. So, I think, yeah, that's that first breakthrough of like, hey, you can do it. Now you just have to replicate it over and over again. Because yeah. this whole year is just about first experiences for Malcolm. First right. time trying to do the whole series. First time being in this deal, knowing where you're going to be. Like, this is just a big learning year for him, and I don't think that he wants to get too excited too soon and, and have unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Barsha. Quiet. Yeah, quiet fourth, right? Yeah, passes solid. Hill. Did he pass Hill in the last turn? Last. Right before the whoops? Mm-hmm. So, Hill, or. I think he passed Bar- him in the whoops. Okay, but Barsha comes home fourth, right? Yeah. They don't really make a big deal about it on TV, but he came from so far back. <laughs> yeah. 14th. You know, and then on top of it, he does his wacky crash during practice where oh his hand flies off. Oh, my God. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know why it flew off until I read his Instagram caption <laughs> today where he said, I was feeling so fly, I scrubbed a little too much, and my hand came off. But can you imagine going off a Supercross triple with one hand? No on throttle. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But, uh, yeah, he got lucky, man, because I, I didn't see Barsha loop out over the triple, but I definitely saw... Eli and Adam split him, like like go on either side of him when they landed from the dribble. Yeah. And it was scary. Hey, he uh he clanked the triple a couple good times too. Uh-huh. Like there was a couple times where I'm like, uh, you gotta go a little quicker than that, otherwise you're just gonna <laughs> keep framing that thing. But uh, yeah, it was a good ride for him and that, that goes to show like put him in the right position, do what he wants to do, make it a program he wants to be on, things will go good. I mean fourth in the points right now that's a really really big deal for a guy that typically when we get to this time of year there's some big injury or something right so uh 
Yeah, Justin Hill fifth. You know, obviously got passed. Yeah. At the at the last second, but uh, he was pumped. I mean, he yeah. was so pumped he went to the press conference, right? So, <laughs> um, fifth place. You know, off of another good finish the prior weekend. So, I think he. Uh, I think he's gaining confidence for sure. Yeah, he's building. I think, and he's told people that too. Like, I think a lot of fans sometimes, and this isn't like, hey, knocking on fans, but you can't write dudes off. Like, you might only see a little bit of stuff that they do or say on a Saturday. Like, Justin has been saying since round one, we're going to get to this point in the next few months, and then I'm going to wick it up. Uh And he's done exactly what he said he was going to do. So you can't think that the guy doesn't know what he's talking about because he's actually fulfilled every obligation that he said he was going to do to this point. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. more dudes need to start wearing fanny packs and punching the tough blocks. Hey, is mm-hmm. he is he racing with the fanny pack? No, 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 just, no, no, no. He's just wearing this brown vinyl fanny pack around. Oh, the okay. He's he's like. At first, I thought he was doing it to be funny, but he's pretty serious about it. He is. He yeah. digs the thing. <laughs> Once you start wearing that fanny pack thing, like the that cross body bag, it's a life changer. Keep all your stuff right at hand. Is it almost like a no, kidney no, bro, belt in no, a way? It is not a cross body bag. He's wearing. <laughs> He's wearing it like the rock, like a, around his waist in front. It's coming back. We're just going with the new definition, fanny packs, 98 talk. We're, it's 2020. Cross, hey, it's in. High, school, high schoolers are wearing it. My brother wears one, so. Yeah. Shit, I wear one. <laughs> you also wear a scarf. You also wear, That's true. You also That's wear true. peekaboo hiding no-show socks. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a lot of, a lot of uh, intricacies, yeah. I'm yeah. a unique cat. You know, okay. I have to I have to ask you, Anton. Those shorts that you bought this weekend. Oh God, mm-hmm. <clears throat> those were like workout shorts, mm-hmm. right? Where did you go to buy them? Did you go to Walmart and buy those? Target. Target. Ah, uh, Target. What made you buy like workout shorts as opposed to like like shorts? Cade Clayson. Cade, I went to the morning uh, press thing after I dropped you off at the hotel. Yeah. And Cade was wearing like some like athletic shorts, and they had nice pockets that he zipped up. And I'm like, I have enough pairs of like cargo shorts and like you know slacks and all that stuff and cut off i have more cut off denim shorts than i know what to do with i'm like i need more of these shorts i'm just gonna wear them now whatever and they're lighter in the in my suitcase i only had so much room to pack so (laughs) that's out of necessity as you can see in that uh as you can see in that life on two wheels vlog i'm not the most physically cut dude not the most defined legs So maybe this will be like you know my motivation. What the, the, your legs could be ripped and cut. It's just hard to see when all that glowing. Mm-hmm. It might, you know? yeah. Like, yeah. like look up above your head, Chase, at that fluorescent light bulb. Too. Oh, yeah. You can't it's tell the bright. shape of it, really. It's just light. No, it's just yeah. it's a beam. <laughs> <laughs> I just I real casually do leg lifts when I'm in the plane and stuff like that. Nobody knows. Yeah. You know, the only thing that could have uh, made your Friday look any better was if you were wearing your uh, – your cherry red Doc Martens with those shorts. Oh, that would be amazing. Mm, yeah, I, I didn't want to look too, like, militant commando. I, I don't need to get on no-fly lists and all that stuff. I have a lot of racing to do this year. Oh, man. So, uh, <clears throat> what else? Dino, dude. Huh? Dino. Dino. Yeah, six I was going to say Dino. Six. Yeah. yeah. Good for Dean. Yeah. Yeah, he... Uh, he had a good ride. He was he was pumped, but he wasn't like overly pumped. You know, he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm kind of still not where I want to be, but better. Mm-hmm. Better. What did he get? Thirteenth last weekend or something? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, kind of a kind of a quiet ride for him too in six, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just did what he had to do. 
uh, and like really all through the day wasn't like all that gnarly. Like I don't ever remember thinking like, whoa, Dean's on it. He's just been steady plugging away over these last few months and yep. getting back to where he needs to be. Yeah. You know, could be a little plug, but he looks good in O'Neal gear. <laughs> I think so. He does. He does. He looks at home. Yeah. And then last week at the military thing, he was wearing the, uh, you know, that Air Force gear with, right. all, with all the military stuff on it. Yeah. He made that look good, right? Because when Scrub Daddy wears it, he looks Not like so shit. Not so good. Not so good, yeah. Yeah, he looks like, like a kook wearing pajamas. Right. But Dino made that kid look awesome, I thought. <laughs> Dean always has, like, the little details all dialed in, too. Like, the red gloves always. Yeah. Always goggles to match. His boots are always dialed. Yeah, the like accents on the Dean's, boots. Dean's kit's always really, really well put together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Malcolm Seventh, we talked about him. Brayton ninth, Anderson tenth. <laughs> uh, Anderson docked two spots, so Doc, he got yeah. eighth. Yeah. Okay, because he, the way on. he jumped back in. Or, so, uh, like Mook, I guess he missed the section. Yeah. No, Mookie punted him. He I punted. Think. He got punted off the track before the whoops, right before the finish, yeah. and just gunned it along the whoops section, and he jumped behind Malcolm, but yeah. he still jumped on too. Okay. Well. Yeah. I huh? think it was pretty skillful. He jumped over the tough blocks. And managed to get enough of the flip to the finish line to clear it. <laughs> Did he jump over the tough blocks the same way Brayton jumped over the tough blocks at San Diego last week? Mm, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was the that was the press day line. You know, because oh, they that's were going why. outside the outside the uh, whoops and, then and hitting the third whoop, third from the end whoop, and uh-huh. kind of bump up. Well, there you go. Press day benefits you if you get punted off the track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, uh, okay, then Zacho in 11th, dude. Mm-hmm. Down on the first lap, way down at the back of the pack. Poor yeah, guy. yeah, he was, he was way back. I remember that. But, yeah, he's been – these last few weeks haven't been good for Zach. I think everybody knows, you know, he's been dealing with illnesses and, and trying to get over that. And then just kind of in a – kind of a bad hole right now, just crashing over and over again kind of things that are out of his control. Um, yeah. But, like, the speed is there. Like, he's going well. He just needs, I think, one good result, and he could be back to where he needs to be mm-hmm. and where he expects, um, especially as we go into these next few gnarly races. You know, Atlanta, Daytona, those are two tracks that are really going to benefit him, I think. Mm-hmm. Hey, Anton, what? Uh, why didn't Blake race the yeah. main? What was going on? Okay, so I didn't even realize he didn't race the main until, like, Sunday morning. Because that's another one of those times where you're like at the track and you don't know what the hell's going on. Right. Uh, so I guess that crash where he landed into Jared Lesher uh-huh. and then kind of caused all that and then got hit by another rider and spun around like it was uh, breaking two <laughs> yeah. on the top of that jump. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess he got whiplash and oh. like he wasn't that sore when the wreck happened and he got up and you know was able to qualify straight to the main event. But then once he got back to the pit area and was kind of resting and, you know, you guys they don't do much. So then you get cold and tense mm-hmm. between motos. When it was time to go down for the main event, he was like, yeah, I can't do this. I'm done and pulled out. So it doesn't sound like it's a serious injury. Like the team wasn't really concerned when I talked to him at the airport on Sunday morning. Uh, just, yeah, he, he just didn't feel well and there's no need to push it if he's not going to be able to do what he needs to do out there. <clears throat> right. Okay. Well, dude, again... It was awesome time in Tampa. I really had a good time. You want to know how much fun I had, Anton? How much? I, I was I was actually online looking at tickets. Oh no. For uh, for Atlanta, right? And I was gonna like good. I was gonna show up <laughs> in Atlanta, and then I realized it's Samantha's birthday, my oldest daughter's mm-hmm. birthday, and she's like, 
oh no, we're partying that weekend because A, for my birthday and B, for my, my uh, escape from the corporate world because she quit her job and she's going <laughs> to mm-hmm. go travel for a few months. But uh, yeah, so I was that pumped on it. You know how much I hate travel and I was going to go. I was I was bummed when like we got in the rental car and we started leaving. I'm like, dude, I ain't going to see Don for like a month now. And then when it was like we had to go our separate way at the airport, I was like, shit, this sucks. And I was like, okay, he's got to get to a race soon. That's why I kept asking you in the hotel. I'm like, hey, what one are you coming to? Because I have a fun time. Like having two dudes at the race, like Chase, I'm excited for you to come this weekend. Yeah, that'll be fun. It takes a huge, huge burden off of one guy. Mm -hmm. How much we're doing on one Saturday, like is a lot. And I have a lot of fun with my with my friends at the races, especially my closest friends like you two. Right. Yeah. Well, so, you know what? I will say. And Dahmer. You can count me out of Daytona for sure. <laughs> you know, I, I've uh, I have uh, told anyone that wants to ask me about Daytona, but I worked at Cycle News from nineteen. Oh, dude, I'm making myself sound real old, but. I worked at Cycle News from 1990 to 1997. 1990. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as a Cycle News employee, back then, you had this weird one-off national at Gainesville, okay, okay. in the middle of, of March. So you had the Gainesville Motocross National, so I'd fly to that, and I would have to drive from Gainesville to Daytona. So that was like a... It's like two hour, two or three hour drive, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's not that far. Yeah, but still, three hour drive, and then as a cycle news reporter, right? I didn't just get to cover only motocross; I had to cover road race, flat track, Ooh, nice, uh, <laughs> enduro, all things scrambles. Cycling. Yeah, I even one time Jack Mangus made me go to a, I think it was called a, I don't know, it was like a Jap crap engine blow up or Jap something. Crap. Dude, it was literally a bar, a Harley bar, and they just like had some like. Suzuki or something and they're like hitting it with sledgehammers and they drain the oil out of it and they hold it wide open until it blows up and then they all cheer right <laughs> I think Mangus was like torturing me you know the Japanese American guy going to that stuff right yeah. but, but so I've done my time in Daytona for seven years I've stayed on floors of motels in Daytona where those yeah. like big giant cockroaches they have were like crawling on me when I woke up <laughs> and you know I mean, I've done some dumb stuff in Daytona, like jumped a rental car. Razzles. From, from a, uh, yeah, from a parking lot to another and knocked the oil pan out. Like dumb, dumb stuff like that. But you know what? I've spent more time in Daytona Beach than the average person should have to. Man. So. You've probably spent, for a Japanese man, you've probably spent just as much time as a white sorority girl on spring break down there. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. You know, and, I don't blame you. Yeah, so you can have Daytona, Anton. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go to turn three or turn four again this year and pay my respects to Big Dale and, and let everybody go. know. Daytona's a, Daytona, if you're into it, it can be okay, but then like it can be just such a hassle at the same time, too. Yeah. But like Daytona's a good race for us. That was the first like real swap moto race last year. You know, mm-hmm. I slept in the rental car in the Walmart parking lot. Privateer <laughs> oh, media. <laughs> You know what else? Well, the one good thing about Daytona, it's the first place I ever had Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, really? Yeah, because it used to be an East Coast thing. Oh, I had no idea. It's not in California. Huh. And it's also the first place I ever experienced sweet tea. Oh, sweet like, tea. Like, I had no idea, right? So I ordered, a, like, the gigantic one because I was really thirsty. Mm-hmm. And it's so big, right? I'm like, oh, I better put two sweet and lows in it. Two sweet and lows and a sweet tea. Oh, dude, it came out my nose. Blah. Dude, 
Fast cars, fast dirt bikes, and sweet tea. Those are three of my favorite things. So I have to go to Daytona sometime. Yeah, you and <laughs> yeah, you say that. And you get down there, and then they're like, "Okay, you have like some sixty-year-old snowbird that works three races a year, telling you where you can and can't go." But Daytona's fun. Daytona's fun. I I have a good time down there. Don, was that your first Waffle House experience this weekend? No, no, I've been to oh, okay, Waffle okay, House okay, down there as well. But uh, yeah, I haven't been to Waffle House too many times. But I didn't realize their menu was so small. You know? Still, although that waffles. No, no, I got this <laughs> chicken and hash brown bowl. Oh, it was pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty good. But uh, yeah, so hey, is is in the media center at Daytona? Is Chris Carter still there? Do you still uh, have to with him? I don't remember. I only deal with him like one time a year, and I don't remember who the person was. I think it was a woman I dealt with last year. Okay. Oh yeah, Chris Carter was. Uh, uh, he was actually super cool to me, but he he would give me a lot of shit because he was. He was buddies with Jack Mangus, my boss at Cycle News, and so of course anyone that was friends with Jack made it hard on me. But uh, yeah, you know the first year I went to Daytona, I was like so overwhelmed by the schedule of things that I had to do, and I had to cover the Alligator Enduro. What? And I remember I was like, okay, it's got to be at the Speedway. Uh huh. <clears throat> so I woke up, and I was going, and I'm like, for some reason I thought I would check. And it wasn't at the speedway. And so I went up to some man in the lobby of my, uh, it was Hampton Inn. Ooh. And I'm all, and he looked, he was like, he's like one of those familiar faces. You just knew he was like there for motorcycles. Uh-huh. And I was all, excuse me, sir. Do you know where the alligator enduro is being held? And it turned out to be Larry Myers. who's like the, mo- the, co- the host of the old Moto World show <laughs> on ESPN and, he looks at me, he goes, you're Mangus's new kid, and just started laughing at me, and all he ever did was make fun of me. For the rest of the time I ever ran into him at the races, he'd come up to me and go, excuse me, do you know where the alligator enduro is? So, you know you know who Larry Myers is, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, super good guy. Him and Dave Despain were awesome dudes to uh, to uh, start my journalism career around. But, uh, do you have a lot of Dave Despain stories? Uh, I mean, nothing like great but he's always at the flat track races when i was there and mm-hmm. always super super kind to me and nice so that's who my dad always tells me i need to be model my career after he's like just be dave to spain dave to spain has fun you should go do that i'm like okay okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah dave to spain's pretty sick but uh well hey guys um good weekend in tampa yep you know we've established that anton can have daytona all to himself yes can't and, wait uh, Chase, Chase this weekend is heading to uh, to uh, Arlington to join you, Anton. Yes. Uh, so anyone, if you're listening and you see a uh, a young man on crutches with a Do not space boot on his right foot with a camera around his I need to loan you my camera oh, strap on. yes, yes. Yeah, with a camera around his neck. That is our very own Chase Curtis. Chase, are you going scooter or crutches? I'm going crutches. You sure? Yeah. I think the scooter might. It's a far walk between the pits yeah. and uh, that front gate. Uh, we'll, it's gonna take a while. We'll see if I uh, if I can find a scooter in time. We'll see. Yeah, no, I <laughs> okay. think I think or or if there's someone listening and they have a, a rascal that oh, they can yeah. chase, that would be key. Hey, there's a Walmart across the street. We'll just go steal one of those. There you go. There's oh, a Walmart across the street from the stadium. <laughs> they might have a shopping cart on the front, but you can pay even camera, better. Right? Yeah, just a stabilizer. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. Well, you basically you're gonna be in the pits. I wouldn't go to the stadium until the race is about to start. Yeah. 
You know, I, so I'd work the pits all day, hang out with your chick, hold hands. Yeah. I might have her just, I'll have her put me on my back or put me on her back or something then. <laughs> you know, I didn't just get out there for the uh, the good old, how was your weekend afterwards? And I think yeah. everyone will have to grant you a, a interview because they'll feel sorry for you because you're on crutches. Exactly. I told him to do the post-race press conference. That way he can just pick them all off at once. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you could and already, already, be, already mm-hmm. be up there, so. Yeah. I think that'll be good, and then that way he gets to be a sympathy case in front of everybody. They yeah, can't, yeah. you can't run away from the injured boy. Yeah, you'll look not bad. at all. Hey, you know what really pisses me off when we do a How Was Your Weekend? Right, we bust our asses to get How Was Your Weekend, but you got to understand that there's so many racers that, especially if they didn't have a great race, they want to just pin it out of there. Right, right. Or even some of the guys when they win and stuff, they have like a red eye flight. Like, uh-huh. like where was I? Oakland. Malcolm had a 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. flight or something. It's a horrible schedule. He pinned it out of the pits, right? Right. So there's guys that are hard to get a hold of because they leave, or there's guys that are, you know, there's certain dudes that go remain nameless like that us. if they don't do well, they don't want to talk, right? They're they're in their uh, motorhomes kind of sulking or having a debriefing with their team. <laughs> but we, <coughs> we try as hard as we can. We try as hard as we can to get every single person we can. And then you see these comments. What? No Roxon? Oh, no Tomac? Like, come on, guys. We're giving you more than television does. Yeah. I think I love this format. I didn't realize, like, how cool it was until way later on. Because, like, I watch other forms of racing, and you kind of only hear, like, snippets or bits and pieces from dudes. It's cool how many guys we hear from and, and some of the things that we get out of people. You know, I'm sure that us sticking a camera in their face after you go like 15th isn't the most ideal situation but guys always like is this how was your weekend and they always do it you know yeah. it's very rare that someone's like i'm not doing this today so don't bother me yeah yeah well good luck this weekend chase thank you so here here's something if you people are listening and you are so inclined drop me an email at swap at swap live with any suggestions of things you would like us to try or Ooh, yeah. c- constructive criticism. Or, you know what? You could even send us props if you want. You know? <laughs> Say, good job, guys. Yeah, we could tell that the three of you are busting your ass. But, I mean, but seriously, if, if you have ideas for us, uh, things that you think would be uh, good content or questions you want us to ask, don't be afraid to reach out, man, because we're not – we're not the 10,000-pound gorilla at Transworld Motocross anymore. We're just three dudes just a little holding it down, you know? So <laughs> we're we're very quick to react and to respond, so reach out. And sorry that I hijacked the Kickstart formula for so long and made it into a 5,000-word epic every week. We're back to photo galleries. Don't worry. We're back. Yeah, is <laughs> that thing up yet? It's getting ready to be. Don't worry. Don't let me get this podcast posted first. <laughs> Oh. All right. it'll be close it'll be a race it'll be a race <laughs> all right guys well hey as always super fun time getting on the phone with you anton shooting the poop sorry bob weber i didn't say the s word and uh yeah we'll talk to you after arlington next monday thanks for listening everyone in 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original 
and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 60helmets.com for more info.